Let's turn to First Chronicles, chapter 16, and verse 8. Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 8 says, Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Verse 34. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. And say ye, save us, O God of our salvation, and gather us together and deliver us from the heathen, that we may give thanks to thy holy name and glory in thy praise. To preach tonight for a few moments an assignment of thanks an assignment of thanks in Jesus name let's put our Bibles down one more time let's go before the Lord in prayer Lord we love you and we thank you for all you have done in this place already God we thank you for visiting us here tonight Lord we thank you for this your sweet presence that we feel surrounding us God you are ever present you are ever present, God. And Lord, you have drawn nigh unto us tonight, and I pray that we would continue to draw nigh unto you. God, I want your will to be done in me and through me. God, I want you to revive me. I want you to revive us, and I want you to revive your works. In Jesus' name, let it be done in this place tonight. We thank you and we give you praise. We give you honor and glory in the name of Jesus. Why don't we clap our hands tonight? Why don't we give God another round of thanks and praise? Thank you, Jesus. 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 You can be seated tonight. An assignment of thanks. First Chronicles chapter 16 is not a run-of-the-mill occurrence. This is not a normal day in Israel. But they are celebrating a momentous occasion. Something that was lost is now back in its rightful place. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord has been in the land of the Philistines for a number of years. They have gone after God begins cursing the Philistines, which is an exciting and riveting story in and of itself. 
And the Philistines don't know what to do with these, this Ark of the Covenant of the Israelites. God, they, they had gotten it in battle when Hophni and Phinehas had erroneously grabbed it out of the temple or the tabernacle rather and run it into battle. They were backslidden and Israel lost the Ark of the Covenant. The Philistines have had it this whole time. They don't know what to do with it. And so David is now king and he is going to go get the Ark of the Covenant back. He has already been through a process where he has put it, put it on an ox cart. They have brought it so far and the oxen that are pulling the cart stumble. A man by the name of Uz reaches out to steady the Ark. As soon as he touches it, he's, he's dropped dead. And so David is removed. They've, they stopped that procession. They've done some research. They've, they've dug through the archives of the law of the Lord. And now they've gone back and they have brought the ark of God in 1 Chronicles 16 and verse 1. And, and there's a, a process every so many paces. I believe it's every five paces. They stop and they sacrifice. They dance. They worship. They are shouting. They are losing their minds in praise and worship. It is First Chronicles 16 that is the, the wrapping up of this ceremony. So it's not just a normal occurrence in Israel. It's not just a normal day in Israel. They are partying as if there is no tomorrow. They are having church. David has stripped off his kingly garments. He's taken off his kingly crown. And he is dancing before the Lord. He is crazy in his worship. He's very Pentecostal in his worship. Pentecost has not yet happened, but he is worshiping like Pentecost has already happened. He is giving God his best praise. And if he could do that without the infilling of the Holy Ghost, how much more ought we to do after having been filled with the Spirit of God? And so they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for it. They offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings before God. The tabernacle of David is another message for another time. But please understand that what's going on in 1 Chronicles 16 is alluding to the church age where everybody can come before the presence of God. There is no veil separating the commoner from the presence of God. David is, he's setting up the church in his worship and he's setting it up in the approach unto the seat of God. Everybody's bringing burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. And when David had made an end of offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. You can, you can do the research on your own. It wasn't just men that were worshiping. It wasn't just an occasion where the men were dancing and the men were praising and the men were singing and the ladies were just sitting on the sidelines. No, everybody or nearly everybody in Israel was involved. Everybody was worshiping. Everyone was participating. But up in David's house, there is a woman by the name of Michal, Saul's daughter, who is looking down in anguish and in spite. And she's just full of anger and bitterness and 
uh, idolatry and so on and so forth. And David says, listen, this isn't just for us today, but take it home and bless your families. And he gives everybody bread and he gives everybody something to drink and, and they go home and he blesses them and everybody's participating. And so David says, you know what, before you go, let's sing another song. And so the David's song of thanksgiving, as it is labeled, begins in verse 7 of First Chronicles 16 and continues all the way through verse 36. We're not going to read all 29 verses tonight, but it says in verse 7, Then on that day David delivered first this psalm to thank the Lord into the hand of Asaph and his brethren. He hands it over to those he has designated to be worshipers. He says, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. He's, he's not beginning their praise and their worship by saying just, why don't, if you feel like it, if you're feeling okay, if you got a good strong voice, if you can sing, if you can play an instrument, if you can dance, if you can shout, it, it, he's not saying if you are qualified, then give thanks unto the Lord. But it's a blanket statement, meaning everyone is qualified because God is deserving. And even if you don't feel like He's doing anything with you or for you, don't begin with that, but just give thanks unto the Lord and call upon His name because He's a great God and because He deserves your praise, because He deserves your worship, and before long you're going to feel like doing something a little bit extra, and then you'll begin to make known His deeds among the people. He's starting off by saying He is worthy of our praise. Give thanks unto to the Lord. Sing unto Him. Sing psalms unto Him. Talk ye of all His wondrous works. You may not feel like praising God. You may not walk in the back door of the church with a hop, a skip, and a jump. You may not walk in feeling like you got bottle rockets tied to the bottom of your feet. And Roman candles in your pockets. But when you begin to worship and praise God just because of who He is. Just because He's worthy. Then before long, it doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter if I feel like worshiping or not. I begin to feel like worshiping because I begin to remember the goodness of God. I begin to remember just how faithful He has been. And I begin having moments come to my mind and memories come to my mind. It happened to me tonight while we are singing that last song. I began to think of moments as I would lay in that prayer room as an unmarried teenager and I would begin to ask God, why is this going on? And what is this happening for? And why am I facing this? And why did this such and such say this? And why? Why am I having this struggle with this person? And there was moments I felt alone and I felt isolated and I felt like I was being ill-treated by people who knew better and should have had my best interest in mind and so on and so forth. And those are not stories that should be recorded. 
But as we're sitting here, and as we're, I, I hadn't thought about those things for a long time. As we're thinking and praising and giving God thanks for all He is and who He is, what He is, then before long I begin to remember about situations He brought me through. And not just the situation, I began to feel what I had felt laying in there with my face in that carpet and snot running out of my nose. And if nobody shampooed that carpet since then, my snot is still in that prayer room. My tears has, are still in that carpet. And Sister Angie, I remember times being curled up in a ball because I said, God, I know that this is what you want me to do. And, and, and other people aren't feeling that. They're not saying that. And they're coming against me. And, and God, I, I don't want bitterness to set into my spirit. And I remember God being the, the master of, of physicians. And, and he, he, he sliced down through my spirit and began to pull bitterness and anger out of me. And I, it didn't start that way tonight. But as I began to think about the goodness of Jesus, I began to remember that he's wonderful. I began to remember he's a counselor. I began to remember how great, how mighty, how holy, how faithful. He's more faithful than a man will be to you. He's more faithful than a woman will be to you. He's more faithful than a spouse will be to you. He's more faithful than a parent will be to you. He's more faithful than a child can be to you. He is the supreme faithful one. And as I begin, like David said in verse 9, sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wonderful works. It begins to shift in my spirit and it begins to become more personal. Involves words such as give thanks or phrases such as give thanks. Sing unto him. Talk of his wondrous works. Glory in His name. Let your heart rejoice. Seek the Lord. Seek His strength. Seek His face. Desire to spend time with God. That's what thankfulness will do for me. It says, remember His works. Be mindful of His ways and His words. Sing and declare. Give Him praise. And then verse 34 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. And you can find that, that verse nearly verbatim across the book of Psalms as well. That verse, verse 34, is nearly identical to Psalm 96. It's nearly identical to Psalm 105 and Psalm 106 and Psalm 107 and Psalm 118 because David had an, an understanding and a revelation of the fact that the goodness of God in his life is tied to the mercy of God that has brought him through when he failed the mercy of God was greater than his failure the greatness of God was bigger than his dilemma it was bigger than his problem and that David said that that invoked something in me and I've got to give him thanks because he's good mercy endureth forever and say ye save us O God of our salvation gather us Deliver us from the heathen that we may give thanks to thy holy name and glory in thy praise. David's song of thanksgiving parallels chapters 
the book of Psalms, Psalm 96, verses 1 through 5. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord, bless His name. Show forth His salvation from day to day. It's a daily walk. And every day of my life that I'm living for God, I'm showing the entire earth the greatness of God. I'm showing creation the greatness of God. I'm showing my co-workers the greatness of God. I'm showing those that knew me before. I'm showing those that knew that I struggled. I'm showing them the greatness of the salvation power of God. Declare His glory among the heathen. His wonders among all the people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. He's saying we don't serve a God of the world. We're not serving gods of this world. We're not serving an idol that has eyes but cannot see, that has ears but cannot hear, that has a mouth but cannot speak, that has hands but cannot hold, that has feet but cannot come. Has a head but is not wise. So we serve the God who made everything. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Psalm 105 in verses 1 and 2. And there are other verses that, but for time's sake tonight, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works. It's a recurring theme. Psalm 106 in verse 1. Praise ye the Lord, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Because David's praise always brought up the remembrance of the mercies of God. I thank God I'm not who I used to be. I know I'm not what I want to be. But thank God I'm not the man that I used to be. Thank God that He saved me. Thank God that He's brought me out. Thank God that He's brought me up. Thank God He's brought me into. Thank God I'm not who I used to be. Thank the Lord for His mercy endureth forever. Verse 47, save us, O Lord our God. Gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. There's still victory in praise. Victory for us when we praise God. He's already victorious. He's already King of kings and Lord of lords. But there's victory and triumph for you and I when we begin to praise. When we begin to praise God just because He's God, that means I can praise God with tears running down my face. I can praise God with a broken heart. I can praise God with a broken spirit. I can praise God when everything is good, and I can praise God when everything's bad. And in all of those situations, when I begin to praise Him and give thanks unto His holy name, there's triumph. There's a spirit of victory that begins to flow to me because I'm connecting to the God of victories. I'm connecting to the Lord of lords. I'm connecting to the King of kings. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say amen. Praise ye the Lord. So the song of thanksgiving begins to parallel through others of David's writings. 
Verse 37 of 1 Chronicles 16 says that David left there before the ark of the covenant of the Lord Asaph and his brethren to minister before the ark continually as every day's work required. Notice, we don't have time to go into it tonight, but the tabernacle is in Gibeon, I believe. It's in Gibeon at this point. David's tabernacle. It's just a tent with no division other than the main tent flap, the main door, is in the city of David. It's in Jerusalem. David said, okay, I know that we can't neglect the house of God. So Asaph, his brethren, are going to be here. Others are going to be there. As every day's work required, and Obed-Edom with their brethren, three score and eight. Obed-Edom also, the son of Jeduthun and Hosa, to be porters. Now, if we're just reading that to read something like we're reading a fictional book, then we would just skip right over that verse. We would skip right over verse 38 and we just keep going. Because we don't really care who's doing what. Cool, man, they got the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord back. Now let's skip over to where David's dealing with Michael. We like the tension. Kind of gives us a feeling of, thank God David was human, and it's not just our homes that get tense at times. But if we just skipped to that, then we would miss verse 38. David is giving assignments. David is delegating. You can read the book of Psalms and you'll find Psalms that are written by Asaph. David is not just a man of war. He's not just a man who is very calculating. He was a mastermind of warfare. But he's not just a man who trained soldiers. And he did. He trained them to be giant killers. He trained them to be ruthless. He trained them to be exacting in orders. He inspired men like Joab to climb through gutters, to climb through sewage lines, to take the city of David back, the city of Jerusalem, the city of Jebus, which, which would be called the city of David. He inspired men to be courageous. He inspired men to be valiant on the battlefield. But that was not all that he did. He did not just uh, train them to shed blood. He did not just train them to be soldiers. But David trained men to be worshipers. David trained men to give thanks unto God. And so we find that he is assigning Asaph and his brethren to minister before the ark of God continually so that every day's work was required and accomplished. He said, we're not going to miss a day of serving God. We're not going to miss a day of putting out the table of showbread and so on and so forth. Even though they're in two separate locations, we're going to need more people to do it, but that's okay. 
He's inspired them with his worship. He's inspired them with his spirit. He's inspired them with his psalms and his songs and his poetry. He's a man who is unlike any other. He's valiant on the battlefield and yet soft-hearted and weepy when it comes to the things of God. And so we find then in verse 38, he's still assigning men. He assigns Obed-Edom, also the son of Jeduthun which is the man that we find in 1 Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 25. He is a Gittite of Gath. He is a Philistine. He is a Philistine. He is the man that when Uzzah puts out his hand and is struck dead by God, they're looking around for somewhere to put the ark and they look up a long lane and they see this house and there's a man and a woman who are standing at the end of the drive and they're watching and David recognizes that their features are different. They're, they're not small in stature like the Israelites. They're, they're larger framed as the Philistines are. And he looks at them and he said, well, you're not living in the land of the Philistines. You're living in the land of Israel. Who are you? And they had, they had come out from Gath, the home city, the hometown of Goliath, because they understood that this God of the Hebrews is unlike anything we have ever been exposed to. And David said, are you willing? And they said, we are willing. And Obed-Edom and his house learned how to live with the presence of God in their home. How to treat it reverently. How to treat it respectfully. And how to worship God with everything that they were. And David looked at Obed-Edom and he said, Obed-Edom, I know that the ark's no longer in your house, but now you are going to have to learn how to live in its house. I know you're going to, I know that it's not usual. I know that it's not uh, right according to the law but we're superseding things we're stepping outside and I am assigning you the task of thanksgiving because if anybody is going to be thankful to be in the presence of God it's going to be a Philistine who had no right to be in the presence of God I don't know about you but there are some things that I'm not proud of that should keep me out of the presence of God but God said no and I'm saying and God, I'm thankful that in spite of mistakes, in spite of falling short, in spite of falling on my face, I'm thankful to be in the house. So you're going to be a porter. You're going to be a gatekeeper, a doorkeeper. One historian says you're going to be a janitor. the house of the Lord, or I'm sorry, when the Ark of the Covenant was in the house of Obed-Edom, the Bible says that everything that he touched became successful. Everything that he did, his crops turned around. If he had a well that was dry, it got water in it. If he had cattle that were sickly, almost overnight, they've got meat on their bones begins to understand the importance and the power of living for God. God wants to bless. Obed-Edom could have looked at David and said, you know what, I've got, 
fat fields to tend to. Why should I just be a janitor? I've got things to, my business is booming. But Obed Edom, what if the light bulb needs changed? Obed Edom saying, I'll do it. Because I'm so thankful for the opportunity to just be a porter. Because Obed Edom had learned to stay with the presence of the Lord. Despite being a heathen, despite being a foreigner, his willingness to worship, his willingness to serve the Lord put him into a position to be near the ark of God throughout the entire reign of David. Verse 39 says, And Zadok the priest and his brethren the priests before the tabernacle of the Lord in the high place that was at Gibeon. David's assigning them, okay, Obed-Edom and Hosea, they're going to be here. Zadok, you and your boys, you and your priests, you're going to be at Gibeon. You're going to be with the tabernacle. He's assigning men. He's assigning families. He's placing them. Why? To offer burnt offerings unto the Lord upon the altar of the burnt offering continually, morning and evening. We're not going to miss a chance. The time of the morning sacrifice, there's going to be a sacrifice on that altar. The time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, there's going to be a sacrifice on that altar. Everything that's written in the law of the Lord, everything he commanded Israel, and with them Heman and Jeduthun and the rest that were chosen who were expressed by name to give thanks to the Lord because his mercy endureth forever. David said his mercy endureth forever and that's enough for me to pull out my billfold. That's enough for me to pull out the king's ledger book and to assign. He said these, these men are going to find wages in the house of the Lord. These men are coming, gonna, going to come and work for the Lord. He said I'm willing to pay for it. I'm willing to give them a salary. I'm willing for this to be their job. He said because the mercy of the Lord is without price. The mercy of the Lord is irreplaceable. So I'm assigning these men positions so that there might be a, a song of thanksgiving given unto the Lord every morning, every night. We're not going to miss a day. I want there to be a sound of praise. I want there to be a sound of worship every day of our lives. Every moment that God desires it, I want there to not fail to be a sound of praise. So he gave them an assignment of thanks. Verse 41, and with Heman and Jeduthun, or Jeduthun. Heman means faithful. If you look at his name more closely, it means the singer. He's a faithful man who is a talented singer. And David said, I want a man like that assigned to thanksgiving. I want a man like that. I know when we say the word Thanksgiving, our mind automatically goes to turkey and stuffing. It goes to ham and mashed potatoes and gravy. And pumpkin pie and sweet potato pie and dreamsicle cheesecake. Carrot cake and cookies. Sweet potato casserole. I'm going to sit down a second. Just kidding. Sit down, I won't get up. David said, 
You can research it too. Settlers that established the tradition of Thanksgiving knew it was more than a time to feast. It's more than Black Friday sales. It's more than the time to be gluttonous and spend money. It's a time to think about the mercies of God. The faithfulness of God. It's a time to think about the Philistine standing where he should not have been able to stand. It's a time to think about men whose lives revolved like Asaph's did around writing psalms just to express the greatness of God. It's time to think about a man like Haman who is faithful, whose job, whose assignment was to take the songs of David and Asaph to hear the notes, the musical notes, and to project with his voice the songs of praise and worship. It's times, or it's a time rather, to think of Yaduthan, who is assigned the task to be the leader of the choir. David said, Asaph, you're going to write the song. We're going to put them to music. Heman's going to sing them, and Yaduthan's going to direct the choir. David said, I, I think so highly of God. He's not stepping into the 21st century to create worship that we have. But everything that we do points back to David who said, I've got to give God thanks. I've got to write songs because I'm an artist and I've got to worship. We've got to write the music and we've got to write the lyrics and we've got to train men and women and, and, and we're going to dance and we're going to shout and we're going to sing and you're going to be assigned the task of thanksgiving. You're going to be assigned the text, the, the task of giving Thanks. You're going to be assigned the task of leading the temple's choir. The name Yuduthun. Technically, it's Yuduthun. It's harder to say when you're screaming. It comes from one of our seven words for praise, which is Yada. The beginning of his name is Yada Thun. He is named for praise. Yada is a verb with a root meaning. I'm taking you back to I choose praise. It's a verb with a root meaning the extended hand. To throw out the hand. Is it any wonder then? When you see a choir 
And there's a, a man or a woman standing in front of that choir, and they are given. We think they're just up there making funny motions, but what if God said, I've designed you too soon to give me praise with his hand. I've designed him to exemplify lifting up holy hands. It's the extended hand to throw out the hand, therefore to worship with extended hands, to lift up the hands. That's why we come in and we lift our hands. We are yadaing. According to the lexicon, it's the opposite meaning of bemoan and the wringing hands. Things get uncomfortable. We wring our hands. We do. Some of y'all do it in church. If you're having a conversation with somebody that gets uncomfortable, a lot of times they'll cross their arms. Yes, it's your name. Why? This is defensive. Protecting myself from your words. It's subliminal. It's nonverbal communication. Mr. Blaze is sitting on her hands, Carolyn. I will not. It's the opposite. I don't have to come into the presence of God worried about Him hurting me. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Because in the moments that I came in like this, because there was sin in my life, by the time I left, I was able to lift up my hand. And give him thanks. I was able to throw out my hands. I don't have to be defensive. I'm open to whatever you want to do. Psalm 63 and verse 3. I'm hurrying. We're close to being done. Musicians, you can come. Yadah is used, Psalm 63 and verse 3, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. I'm coming in to your house, God. And I've been assigned the task. I've got an assignment. That assignment is to give him praise. That assignment is to give him worship. First Chronicles 16, 41 says to give thanks to the Lord because his mercy endureth forever. Those three words, to give thanks, are the Hebrew word yada. I have come into his presence. They've been assigned Obed-Edom, Asaph, Heman, Yuduthun have been assigned the task of Yadah. They have been assigned the task of giving God 
thanks. When we come into the house of the Lord, we are with coming in with the assignment of giving Him thanks. David is dead and gone. Obed-Edom is dead and gone. Heman is dead and gone. Asaph is dead and gone. Yaduthan is dead and gone. But you and I, as born again, spirit filled children of God have a responsibility to give God thanks. Verse 42. And with them, Heman and Yaduthan, with trumpets and cymbals, for those that should make a sound, They've not been assigned, Brother Zeke, the task of just nice, quiet, soft, little church music. They've been assigned. Buddy, if your job is to play those cymbals, dude, you better play those cymbals. (laughs) If my assignment is, I'm going to give God thanks with musical instruments. I'm going to give God thanks with musical instruments. And all the people departed every man to his house and David returned to bless his house. And they said, I'm taking the praise. I'm taking thanksgiving home with me. I'm taking what I got in the street. I'm taking what I got in the presence of God. And my house is going to be blessed because of what I learned to do with the praiser. My house is going to be blessed like Obed-Edom's house was blessed when he learned to live in the presence of God. Thankfulness is not just for the church house. The thankfulness is for your house. It ought to go home with us tonight. I wonder if I've got anybody here who would say, you know what? I will accept the assignment of thanksgiving. I'll accept the assignment of thanks. I will sing. I will give praises to God. I will talk of His mercies. I'll talk of His goodness. If you have been faithful, come on, somebody think about all the times when He moved in your life. So good. Give Him thanks. With every 